Hello ninjas and ninjas and welcome to another episode of the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. My name is Tim Cameron Kitchen, best-selling digital marketing author and head ninja at Exposure Ninja, which is an agency based in the UK. This show is all about helping you to generate more leads and sales online. And with that in mind, I'm very delighted this week to be joined by Tim Page. And Tim's come onto the show to talk about webinars. Tim's a bit of a webinar beast. He's run over 1,200 of them in the last four years, specializing in SaaS webinars, but also working on a whole range of different uh, different angles from selling e-commerce products to selling services. So Tim gives us the secrets behind the highest converting webinars that he's ever run with his clients. He tells us what we need to be doing in our pitch. He tells us how much pitch we need to have and how much teaching we need to have. He talks about what makes a good offer, how we can use things like scarcity and bonuses without coming across as a kind of salesy douche. Um, Really interesting guy, lots and lots of tips and he's good fun as well. So I hope you enjoy the show. Don't forget to head over to the Exposure Ninja website for show notes. There'll be all Tim's social media links in there as well as a write-up of the episode. So go to ExposureNinja.com forward slash podcast and you will find the episode with Tim Page in there. Without further ado, enjoy the show with Tim Page. Hello, Tim. Welcome to the show. Yeah, Tim party. It's a Tim parade. I don't know if anybody's ready for that. (laughs) Oh, we've just been talking about how amazing your sound is. I am so jealous. You've got the sickest audio setup of any guests we've had. So firstly, congratulations for that. Oh, thank you. This is the exact reason I did it. I was hoping that when we did this, I would have the best sound. So, (laughs) oh man, well... It's a lay down. Anyway, you're here to talk to us about webinars. You've run over 1,200 webinars in the last four years, right? So I'm guessing you've uh, you've picked up a few tips along the way. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, you know, I think the biggest thing, just to preface anything we're going to say, is that you're a digital marketer as you're listening to this right now, right? And so you know it's all about testing. So what I anything I, I can share is going to be what I've found from testing. So to give you like a head start, but anything... Anything you do will have to be tested. Like we still, it's so funny and and I'm sure we'll get into this, but like we just did a webinar for one of my clients. Like we literally like a brand new webinar, just launched it and great product, awesome audience, filled it up. I did all my usual stuff and it like, it tanked. And so next week, the, the, the next week, you know, we had to run the same webinar. I made a bunch of tweaks. I did some stuff I don't normally do and it rocked it like absolutely dominated. So it's all about testing and tweaking. Great. So if people follow your advice in this, they too can tank. You can tank first and then you can be like, well, I'm not going to do what he did. And then you just be successful. So do the opposite of what I say. (laughs) Okay. That's fantastic (laughs) advice. That really is. Um, Just so people can get a feeling for what's possible with webinars. Perhaps you could take us to one of the most successful webinars you've run, set the scene and uh, just tell us what happened. Yeah. You know, that's funny because you know, there's a lot of people out there that do webinars that, you know, they do webinars for their own businesses, they're teaching people whatever. And they'll be like, I've, you know, I've had several million dollar webinars, I've never had a million dollar webinar. But I've had several five and six figure webinars. And you know, for me, it's a it's a long game. But I will say kind of the most successful that let's call it the biggest webinar I've ever done uh, was a six figure webinar, it was high six figures. And what was really special about it was it was myself and an affiliate partner. So the affiliate had promoted the webinar, I brought the content, and then we sold the product. 
And the biggest thing about it was that, you know, the energy was just there. You know, we knew going into this that we were like, we're going to, we're going to, this sounds cheesy, but like, we're going to serve the heck out of, uh, of our audience. Like we're going to really help them. And when they leave this webinar, whether they buy or not, they're going to buy, but whether they buy or not, they're going to really, they're going to have walked away with things that they can do. They're going to walk away going, that was the best webinar I've ever been to. And feedback we got afterwards was exactly that. And it converted as much as you would expect a webinar that, that was that valuable to convert. And it was just like, you know, everybody walked away happy. That's awesome. That's awesome. So we're going to dig in throughout this episode into what people need to do to get themselves into that space. Just out of interest, what were you selling on that webinar and how many attendees were we after? Yeah, so the vast majority of the time I'm selling software. I do sell some information, uh, but it's mostly software. And uh, so we were selling software. We had, uh, we had I don't know, 4,000 registrants and we ended up going two days in a row <laughs> because it was wow. we had too many people and we were using GoToWebinar, which has a thousand uh, attendee max. So we maxed out the entire time, both days. Uh, so that was pretty, pretty wild. That's sick. That's sick. So you work with a lot of SaaS companies, don't you? What sort of businesses can use webinars other than SaaS? You know, it's funny. I um I haven't found a business that can't use webinars successfully. You know, the biggest ones that people say like I don't know, I don't th- think webinars would work for me. One is is e-commerce. I hear a lot of e-commerce mm. businesses say you can't use webinars, but I I disagree. I've got a, a friend and client, Ezra Firestone, one of the biggest e-commerce marketers. He's got a top 50 Shopify store. Crushes it. And he uses webinars, but he uses them differently. So what he does, just just to give some context, he puts a webinar in his follow-up sequence for new customers. Somebody buys a product, so he's got a, a brand called Boom by Cindy Joseph. It's like makeup for women over 40. And, you know, hugely successful, tens of millions a year. When somebody buys one of the products, they're entered into this long follow-up sequence. And like six emails in, they're invited to watch a pre-recorded webinar. It's a webinar with the face of the company, Cindy Joseph, and she goes through it, talks about her story, talks about these other products, and then and it, it just absolutely sells literally six figures worth of stuff all the time, every month. It just kills it. So yeah, there's a use there. I mean, real estate agents, what a great way to connect with your market that nobody else is doing. What if you did a webinar that was like, I'm, I will teach you how to stage your home to sell it for more money. You know, Syracuse, I'm in Syracuse, New York in the USA. And so it's like, you know, Syracuse, New York, home sellers want to sell your home for more money and, you know, join my webinar to learn how to stage your home. That's amazing. And then you watch that person, that person knows their stuff and that's the person I want to sell my house. So, um, yeah, I will say the one industry that I've personally struggled with and everybody else I know that that does webinars has struggled with as well is uh, live events. Weird as that is. A live event, like a webinar, selling a live in-person event. So uh, I had a client recently and we just couldn't get it to work. We built a lot of anticipation. The people that were already going to the event loved the webinar and were more excited and became evangelists, but we just couldn't sell tickets to the event, you know? So in general, I'm not gonna say you can't do it. I haven't had success doing it and I know a lot of people that haven't. But yeah, software, information, uh, physical products, services. Oh my gosh, services is a huge one. The difference with services and products is that you wanna sell either like an appointment or an application as opposed to maybe selling like a product on there where they're gonna enter their credit card. You know, so I've seen it work for just about everything, again, with the exception of uh, live events. I feel awesome now because although my sound is vastly inferior to yours, I've actually had some good success selling tickets to live events on webinars. Oh, good for you. <laughs> jerk. 
No. <laughs> right. So uh, this this is perfect because we can move into talking about topic selection. You talked about um, how companies like Ezra's can use a webinar and a follow-up sequence to sell, for example, makeup. I was looking around at different webinar topics and it feels to me like there's a few different approaches that people take. There'll be a webinar, which is how to do something. So the real estate guy selling how to stage your home. There'll be like a behind the scenes, for example, like Salesforce do this. Here's someone using our stuff to get a result. Uh, you'll see about this product. So again, Salesforce do a lot of stuff where it's just, hey, you want to find out more about our CRM thing? Here's a webinar that's all about this. And then you get these kind of ambient topics like the rise of the AI-empowered marketer, which I saw earlier. <laughs> just saying like, that is so that's such a pile of bullshit. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Anyone who's it's so conceptual, there's no audience targeting, it's whatever. I have no idea what would be for sale. When you're working with a company, how do you decide on the topic? Because it feels like that is going to be absolutely key to the success or failure of the webinar, right? There's no question. There's no question. And so the main thing for me, and it's funny, I'll just mention, you, you know, you mentioned those like crazy esoteric topics from these huge companies. And I recently went to an event for webinar marketers and that everybody was talking about these big, high level, weird topics. And, and, but then at the end of the day, they weren't selling. These were all brand building. Webinars. No. All right. Yeah. Okay. I see. Yeah. So I don't necessarily have a problem with that, right? Like if that's your goal. But for me, I, my webinars are conversion focused. I want to I want to yeah. bring in revenue. So that being said, how do I pick a topic? Well, for me, there's a couple of places to go. And it always starts with the audience. An easy one, if you're really struggling, is to start with, with uh, experience level of your audience. So that's a good place to start. It's like, are the people that, are the people that I want to talk to, are they beginners or are they really experienced or are they somewhere in the middle, right? So you can kind of go there and that's a good place to start. So I, I like to use an example of, let's say that I sell, uh, you could either say I sell supplements or maybe training, right? So like training to help people get in shape. So let's go with, with one of those two. It doesn't matter. So I could then say, are the people that I'm talking to, are they people like, like me, right? Your average person, you know, I'm not super fit. I, I, you know, if I would be interested in attending a webinar from a supplement company, it would be because I'd like to learn how to get in better shape in general, right? Just because I want to get in better shape. That's one place to start. The other place to start is what about like a bodybuilder? You're going you're gonna to do a, an entirely different topic for a bodybuilder builder than you are for a guy like me. Okay, great. So that's one place to start. The other place to start is you can start with your verticals. So if you say, I'll, I'll use just a clear example. So uh, I used to work for lead pages. I did the webinars for lead pages, which is the landing page tool. And so they had a ton of verticals. One of our most successful verticals was dentists. And you would never think landing page tool dentists. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's crazy. But we, we tried it because we said, well, this is a, an audience that's not being served right? I mean, nobody thinks that. So therefore, I'm going to try this. And we went to dentists and we said, you'd like to get more leads, more people to come to your practice. You'd like to stay top of mind. Let us show you how to do that using landing pages and email marketing and blah, 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 blah. And so that really, that became, that was a really successful vertical. So the way you figure that out is one, survey your existing customers and find out if there's any weird verticals that you wouldn't think of. Because again, we found that by surveying our customers and we found we had some dentists. We found we had a lot of real estate agents. We found we had like a lot of these little verticals that you just don't think of. So that's one way to do it, right? So now we've got experience level, we've got verticals. And then what you can do is you can just think of the problems. So 
if we're using, uh, again, the, the bodybuilding or, you know, the supplements and training kind of example, it would be like, what are some of the problems that people are, that are potential customers for this company? What are the problems that they have? Well, if we go, if we go back to that experience level and I say, what's the problem that like an average person that's trying to get in better shape might have? Well, time. We could then say, how do I solve the problem of time? Well, I could do a webinar that was like, how to get in amazing shape even if you only have 10 minutes a day. And then I can do a webinar where I teach. Here is a, you know, here is kind of the, the, the meal plan structure. Here is, here's the workout that you do. You do this three days a week, whatever. And here's the plan. By the way, the best way to get results from this is, and we'll talk more about what I'm doing right now, but the best way to get results doing this is you make sure you take our supplements every day before you work out, blah, 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 right? And now we've solved a really specific problem. Or I could say, if we're talking to bodybuilders, I could say, you know, uh, you've got eight weeks until your next show and you're not cut to your show weight your show weight yet. All right, so we could do, that's a big problem for a bodybuilder if they're gonna go do a show. So then I could say, how to cut to your show weight even if you only have eight weeks. And then that's a topic that they really, really care about. And again, through that, I can insert my product and say, the cool part is this is gonna help you with whatever, water, water retention or whatever it is, right? So that's really, that's my process. It always comes down to, I think, you know, experience level, I think verticals, and then I go deep on the problem. Now, one thing I just want to say about that is oftentimes uh, people will say, but my products solve a lot of problems. And aren't I doing my product a, a product a disservice if, you know, I have a landing page tool that also does opt-in pop-ups, that also does text to opt-in, that also does this thing, that thing, and that other thing. Well, doesn't don't they need to know about all those other things? The truth is they don't, not in one webinar. What they have is they have a problem. And if you say, look, my product will help you solve this problem, that's enough. And along the way, there's an opportunity to say, by the way, if you're looking for other opportunities to get X, Y, Z results, my product also does these other things and here's how it can help. But it always comes down to solving a problem. If you're not solving a problem with your webinar, your webinar will not convert. Love that. I love the idea of being specific as well, picking out one particular result for people and, and focusing around that. How do we get the right split between teaching people to do something and pitching? Yeah. So the 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 magic secret. Everybody says they've got <laughs> secrets. It's not a secret. It's it's not a secret. Really, the way to do it is to always err on the side of solving more problems, like or solving a problem better. Like uh, every bit of focus is solving this problem. And it's a mindset shift more than it is anything else. And I know this is going to sound weird from like a conversion guy, but it really is a mindset thing because we need to stop thinking about the pitch as if it's something different than solving the problem. Because the pitch is helping to solve the problem. If I have a supplement that will help you in your you know, whatever, trying to get in better shape. And it will help you do that much more quickly and it's natural and it's good for you and blah, 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 blah. Well, that's part of the solution, isn't it? Mm. Not just telling you go work out, eat better food, but also go work out, eat better food, combine that with the supplement and you can accelerate your results. Well, that's part of the solution to the problem. I don't really break it down. It's not really so much, here's the info and then here's the pitch. What I like to do is I like to insert it constantly throughout the information. So I'll give you an example using software. 
I'll use another fitness example. I, I just came from the gym, so we're going to do that. Uh, let's say I had software that tracks your macros, right? Like your your carbs, your fats, your proteins. Let's say that was the the software that I had. Well, I could then say like you know, here's uh, four ways to, you know, get an ultra, ultra good shape, right? And then step one could be like, start, you know, paying attention to the food you're eating. And then I could tell people, you know, how to do that, right? So here's how to pay attention to the food you're eating, you know, write it down every day, you know, check on this, you know, website that will tell you what everything is, is and how many fats and blah, 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 blah. And then I could say at the end of that, also, by the way, if you'd like to make that easier, if you don't think you have enough time to do that, let me show you how to do it using MacroTrack. It'll just save you a lot of time. And then it's like, you just enter the food in or whatever, and then it automatically calculates it for you. Okay, step two, right? And so now the pitch isn't some big, long-winded thing at the end. It's just worked right in there. This is a natural thing. There's two ways you can do it. You can do it without using my software and blah, 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 blah. And you don't vilify that. Here's another big mistake, and I know I'm jumping all over the place, but another big mistake people make when they're trying to do this is when they talk about the other option, like in this case, writing down everything you eat, checking it online, blah, 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 blah. Well, they vilify it. Like it's the worst thing ever. And the problem is you've promised these people that you were gonna teach them something. And I tell them in the beginning, what I'm about to teach you, you can do with or without what I'm gonna sell you, right? So you can do this with or without macro track. But if I say you can do this with or without macro track, and then I say, when you, oh, you gotta write it down, which is like, oh my God, you gotta write it down, it's horrible. And then you gotta go online <laughs> and spend 50 hours checking it online, this is horrible. Well, then why am I teaching you that? Why am I telling you this is an option if this is the worst option ever? Now I'm a jerk because I'm teaching you something that stinks. So instead, you give them that option and then you show them how yours makes it better or faster or more effective or easier or less expensive. And then suddenly it's like they get to make that choice. And you're speaking to intelligent people sometimes, and they can make that decision for themselves without you having to be the salesperson that's like, oh, you could buy this other thing, but my thing, right? Okay, and then so the, the key to putting that all together is each time you do, let's say you're doing a webinar that's like four steps or like five keys or whatever, each time you're teaching something, if there's an opportunity and if it's actually valuable, then you tell them how to do something without your product and then show them how your product makes that thing better, easier, faster, less expensive. And you do that throughout each step. And now to tie that all together, to kind of bookend it, when you start the webinar, you tell them that they can do everything you're about to talk about with or without your product, but that you're going to show them how to do it with your product or show them you know, what your product can do when it comes to what you're talking about. And then at the end, you're going to tell them how they can take advantage of the product or how they can sign up to work with you or how they can apply to get your help or whatever it is that you're selling. Then once you go through the steps, let's say it's four steps. So step one, step two, step three, step four. At the end of step four, you say, okay, way back at the beginning, I promised you I'd tell you how you could actually jump on my product or you know, get on my program or whatever. I'm gonna do that now because I know that this is something that you know, you'd like to do if you wanna accelerate your progress. And then you make your offer. And it's not, I'm not gonna spend 10 minutes building up to my offer because I had the opportunity to bake my offer, my product, into the training. So now I don't have to go, so at this point, you've got a couple of decisions. Decision one, or you know, yeah. uh, option one is you could go into this and this and this and this, oh, that's so horrible, blah, 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 blah. Or you could go this path, and this is the easy path, and my product is great. And by the way, if you do this, here are 75 bonuses that are worth $500,000 <laughs> for my $300 product. 
nobody, like we all see through it. We know it, right? We know you're just trying to stack this stuff. Now we don't have to do that because what we've done is we've positioned our product as the solution to their problem. And yeah, I offer bonuses. I create some urgency. I tell them they've got to buy it by a certain time. But all those things, all they do is help to button it up rather than become the reason why we're making our offer. I love that. And by telling people at the start that you can do this without my thing, you're you're just completely disarming them, aren't you? There's nothing yes. worse than setting something in your calendar, turning up on a webinar, and then very quickly it becomes clear that this is pure pitch and you've completely wasted the next hour of your time. Whereas if if you know that you're going to learn something, you're willing to be in that place and hear what you got. You're going to hear the person out, aren't you? Because they're not just a salesperson; they're actually trying to help you. Yes, and it gives you it gives you the freedom to talk about your product. Yes. Like, have you ever noticed if you don't do that, and and if you're like, you know, here we are, and I'm going to teach you how to do X, Y, and Z, and then what? It's the soon, or I'm sorry, the second you get to talking about your product, all of a sudden you're like, crap, they're going to think I'm selling them. I got to be careful. I don't mm-hmm. want to sell them. Mm-hmm. Or people start going, oh, here comes the pitch. Like that's the chat going, oh, here they're making the pitch. When you instead position it, like I said, you know, hey, I'm going to tell you about my product and how it makes it easier, but you don't have to use that to get it done. Now that now it's not like, oh, here comes the pitch. It's like, oh, he's going to tell me how to do it using his product. Let me see if that will actually help me or not. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of there's an old Dan Kennedy story where he's talking about when he was working first working with Foster Hibbard doing the seminars and he would give this really useful uh, seminar and then his physiology would you know, physically change. He'd shrink down and he'd curl up yes. as he was about to deliver the pitch. And you're just telegraphing to everyone immediately, right? This is the bit that you can completely tune out for. The info is gone. Now it's just pure pitch. Yeah. What happens in what happens in webinars is we we get a little bit quieter and a little bit more timid and ah. <laughs> our voice kind of changes. We get you can literally so like, you know, being an audio nerd, if you were to look at like the waveform, you yeah. would see the waveform shrink instantly. You're like, oh, that's where the pitch is. <laughs> Amazing. I want to ask you about deconstructing. Let's deconstruct a good offer. So you talked about scarcity and bonuses and stuff like that. The standard approach is I've got this thing today, you can have it for like one fifth of the price. And then there's 100 million pounds worth of bonuses, which you can get free if you sign up right now. Let's start from the beginning. What sort of price points work well? Is there a rule or is it just whatever, you know, whatever you're selling works well? Yeah, there's there's no hard and fast rule. What I've found is that like at about two grand and above, you probably need to get on the phone with someone. Like they're probably going to need some kind of one-on-one attention. So at that point, you know, if you've got a service or, you know, for whatever reason, your product is, is higher priced than that, you're probably selling an appointment. And by the way, the way that you do that is it's not like, I don't know, give me your email address and we'll get on the phone. It's you're applying to make an appointment, right? You're applying to get a one-on-one session or whatever it is. But, um, but, you know, as far as like what price point works, again, it, it all depends on what you're doing. So if, if it's part of your follow-up sequence to get uh, existing customers to come back, doesn't matter what the price point is. Mm-hmm. If you're going to be marketing it and running Facebook ads and, you know, doing that kind of stuff, yeah, you need to have a little bit more uh, in each sale. So, you know, really it's like three, four, three to four hundred dollars is kind of the minimum if you're going to run a lot of Facebook ads because it just is hard to recoup your investment. Yeah. Uh, if you're not selling at that that amount, if you're just running webinars for your existing traffic and emailing your list and that kind of thing, again, it really doesn't matter what the price point is. And the other thing about that is there's something to the 
brand building, audience connection, lead nurturing of a webinar that makes it valuable even if you're not converting at a high level. Yeah. So, you know, I see a lot of people where they're like, oh, you know, we, we only got a few sales or whatever uh, on, on a webinar with 50 people on it. And I'm like, first off, the lower the number of people on the webinar, your conversion rate percentage actually goes down. It sounds weird, but it's true. It's just something I've seen over time. But the other thing is, just because you didn't get sales, those people are now nurtured right? You have, you've told them a story, you've guided them through something, you've shown them that you care more about them than just a sale. And then later on down the road, when that problem becomes something that they can't look past anymore, your product is top of mind. I just want to say, because we we use webinars at Exposure Ninja, we sell SEO and marketing and websites and stuff. Our webinars don't have any call to action in at all. It's just pure information. And we use them in our funnel. It's probably terrible. They don't have any CTAs in at all, but we use them in our funnel. And I'm going to say, I don't have the stats, but I'm going to say the, the vast majority, like 80% of people who end up signing up with us for three, five, six K a month, whatever, say, I've been in your webinars and I love them. And yeah. They're really interesting. So it doesn't even need to be a pitch to necessarily make money for the business, does it really? It doesn't. No, it doesn't. And that again, that's that's a huge point. And what I would say is the only adjustment is maybe consider having people apply. Right. Uh, Having them apply to get on a one on one call, because there are going to be some people that will watch the webinar that will be ready. And and, you know, an application, it's still a sell. Right. And you want to kind of make them jump through some hoops because, you know, you want to get the right people, especially at that price point. We kind of all know this is off topic, but we kind of all know that if people are are, uh, you know, not willing to spend a lot of money, they're often the hardest customers. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, we want to we want to have them apply. So the question I think you you know was about was about money and that kind of thing, and then and then it comes down to the offer, right? Yeah, um, I was just also going to ask on on that point. You mentioned Ezra selling makeup in his webinar, so I'm guessing he's probably not selling like a seven dollar blusher, right? Because someone's been on a right. webinar first, it enables him to make a much larger ticket sale than he would probably be able to make if it was just driving to a product page. Yeah, well, it's based on the fact that in e-commerce, right, you want to increase your your lifetime value of a customer. And so somebody buys a a $30 thing of makeup, you want to get them to come back to buy another $30 or $20 or $50, because then obviously it, it costs less to get a repeat customer than it does to acquire a new customer. So the idea is that, yeah, he's he's selling, I think it's, I don't know, $30, $40, $50, $60, you know, makeup. It's a little higher end. But yeah, I mean, that's, and that's what they're selling on the webinar. But the cool thing is, even if it was just a few bucks, right, even if it was $10 or 15 or $20, that has a, a profound impact on an e-commerce brand's ability to drive more customers. So yeah, for sure. Okay, so perhaps we could talk about scarcity. So when you're in a SaaS webinar, how on earth do you add scarcity? <laughs> well, I, I will say I'm not a huge fan of like things like uh, closing carts. Oh, yeah. I, I don't necessarily have like a, you know, a, a strong uh, opposition to them. I just think, you know, we want something that's scalable and I get, you know, we get that big influx. But if it fails, then what? Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, yeah I, I like to have an open cart policy. Like you can buy my product anytime. But when you buy during this period of time, whatever you determine that to be, and we'll talk about that right now, but when you buy during this period of time, you're going to get some extras or a discount or whatever. And first things first, I'm actually not a big fan of discounting. When it comes to webinars, I don't think discounting is the smartest plan. One is, uh, you know, hopefully your pricing is, is you know, 
already set in a good way. Like you're, it's already valuing your product for what it's worth, uh, if not maybe a little bit below what it's worth or whatever, right? So I think it's, I think we shouldn't worry too much about the price. If it solves a problem that people really have, they'll pay the money. There's one way that you can do it uh, that that we've found can work really well with information products. So if you wanted to do an information product and you wanted to say for our beta so that we can make sure that our course is as good as it can be, we're going to give you a discount in exchange for feedback. That can be really cool. The other thing is if you're selling software, the way that you can do it is uh, you can include some kind of a a course that makes your software into something that's vital for them. So for example, I work for a, a uh, I do webinars for a Facebook advertising uh, platform. And uh, one of the things that we do is the webinars about how to start a Facebook advertising agency. And then of course, if you want to do it and you don't have any Facebook ads experience, then you would have to use the platform to be successful. And so, but what we do is, you know, we, we package it as you get this training, you get this, you know, these, these other materials and it's all together. And in that there's the discount, but the discount is on the whole thing as opposed to discounting the software. Right. So, so yeah, so to, to address that, like, how do you deal with scarcity? Well, the number one thing that, that, um, I have found that has changed over the years, uh, is that it used to be, there was no way I ever wanted to do a webinar that had, uh, an offer that expired any later than the end of the webinar. Meaning I would say to get, let's say lead pages, to get lead pages with these three awesome bonuses, you need to buy before this webinar ends. Like when I click the close webinar button, that's it, the offer is gone. And that worked in- incredibly well for like three years. And when I say incredibly, incredibly well, I mean it like doubled or tripled the sales of a webinar that we tried that had, let's say, a week-long opportunity to buy. Wow. And it makes sense. You create that urgency, right? The scarcity is going to go away. However, right now, attendance rates to webinars are lower than they've ever been. Meaning, if I get a thousand registrants right now, I'm seeing on average 100 to 200 people show up. Wow. So that could be a problem. That's a big problem if the only chance that I have to make my offer is when people are on the live webinar. Because that means I got a thousand registrants. If I spent 10 bucks, that's $10,000 to get a hundred people on a webinar. And even if I'm crushing it, I'm getting a 30% conversion rate. To get back 10,000 bucks, I better be selling something relatively expensive, right? And that's saying you're getting a 30% conversion rate, which I know of about like three people in the world that are getting 30% conversion rate. <laughs> <laughs> so that being said, uh, what, what I'm finding works 90% of the time better than anything else is to make it avail- make the, the bonuses available for like, let's say four or five days, something like that, and then have an aggressive follow-up sequence. So you do the webinar, you say the bonuses are available until Monday night at midnight Eastern time or whatever it is. And then you go crazy with your emails, sending them and reminding them to watch the replay. So like, let's say you've got five days, you're going to have five to seven emails. And so every day they're getting at least one email. And it's the first couple are like, hey, check out the replay. And by the way, don't forget about the offer that's expiring. And then the last few start to really focus on the offer. Hey, the offer expires on Monday at midnight, you know, and then on Monday they get an email that's like, hey, the offer expires in an hour. Make sure you take advantage of it. Here's what you get again. Here's a video of me walking through the bonuses, like aggressively advertising, not in a salesy, pushy way, but just, hey, remember, don't forget, don't forget. It's all about not forgetting. And that's working almost 
almost 100% of the time better than the other thing. However, I have found that I have one client right now where it's still, for whatever reason, he gets a, a great show up rate. And for whatever reason, it doesn't work when we say you've got four days. It only works when we say you buy before the end of the webinar. So I go back to the thing I said in the very, very beginning, test, find out what works best for you. If I was to say, to give you a starting point, I would say, make whatever the offer is available for four or five days and start from there. And if that doesn't work, then on your next webinar, test only until the end of the webinar. Some great advice. Great advice. Um, Tim, I hate asking such general questions, but <laughs> what are some of the most common mistakes that you see being made? When you work, when you start working with a client, right? Let's take lead pages or someone like that. They're running some webinars already. They're having some moderate success. What are the areas that you go straight to and say, right, I'm looking for some low-hanging fruit. I'm looking in these, these particular areas. Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing is like worrying too much about the sale. It's, it's really, it, and so many people, you know, when I work with clients, they have the opportunity where they can build the webinar and I can adjust it or they can pay me and I'll build the webinar. You know, a lot of people will say, well, then I'll build it and you can adjust it. And they send it to me and it's almost always like super sales heavy with a little bit of knowledge or it's like there's some knowledge in there, but you couldn't really do anything about it. You know, for example, if I, if I was doing a webinar about, uh, let's go back to like the fitness thing. And I was like, you know, how to, how to get in shape in the next eight weeks. I could have a webinar that said, you know, step one, eat better. <laughs> you know, eat more whole foods, eat less processed stuff. And by the way, my supplement will really help you with that. <laughs> I can't do anything about that. Right. Like, yeah. like, sure. Okay. I've gotten knowledge now that if I want to, you know, I should eat better. I should eat more whole foods and eat less processed stuff. And even if you said like, you know, here's an example, this is a whole food. This is a processed food. Eat less of the processed food, eat more whole foods. It's like, okay, yeah, you've given me something, but how do I do that? In what way do I do that? Like what, how do I build a meal out of like, I should eat more whole foods because for a lot of people, they don't know that, right? So, you know, and then how do I structure my meals throughout the day and how much of those whole foods should I be eating? See, those are the things that we need to think about. We need to connect the dots. And this is why you can't solve 20 problems on one webinar. This is why we have to solve one because when you solve that one problem, you can connect all those dots. So another example. So when we in, uh, initially did this webinar that I mentioned about telling people how to start a Facebook ad agency, well, you know, the big pitch for us is that you don't have to know Facebook ads to do this. And that sounds unbelievable. It's true, but it sounds like it's unbelievable. So I have to connect the dots or, or else people aren't going to believe me. So if I was to say, run Facebook ads to find your own clients and use our platform to do it, then uh, once you find the clients, deliver really well. And you can use our platform to deliver really well. And then like, you know, once you have the clients, then you want to systematize things. Well, I can't do anything with that. Yeah. And even if I say, even if I said, here's how to use our platform to, let's say, use Facebook lead ads to generate a lead. And here's how to do that, right? And here's what to offer to get the lead. Okay, I'm still getting a little more specific, but then you know what the question is from that person? What do I do with that lead? What do I do with them? And we need to think about those things. This is, uh, this is actually the biggest mistake that I see from people across the board is they're like, they don't connect the dots. You have to think of what, is, what are all of those questions that somebody's gonna have because they will have them. And if, if I don't tell somebody what to do with the lead, guess what happens at the end when I make my offer? They go, 
yeah, all this is good, but I don't know what to do with a lead. And now you have to spend time in your offer telling them what to do with a lead and you have to figure it out. And then they're like, oh, but then what? But it's like, you already, you already should have connected that dot. And when you do that, when you get to the end, it's like golden. It's so much easier. Yeah, that's such good advice. That's good advice for advertising in general, I think. Yes. Perhaps you could give us some ballpark figures. So you mentioned there, if we're we're getting a thousand registrants for webinar, we might expect maybe one, 200 people to show up. What sort of conversion rates are you aiming for if you have any ballparks that you're aiming for? Yeah, I'll, I'll even help with this even further than that. I, I would encourage most folks to ignore conversion rate. <laughs> uh, I know, I know. But there's there's numbers when it comes to webinars that I think are more valuable. Uh, one is revenue per attendee. So how much money do you make based on the number of people that are on the webinar? That's going to tell you um, how how valuable it is to actually have a live webinar. See, you may find, and here's the other number, and then I'll go back to this. The other number is revenue per registrant. So how much money are you making uh, if spread out across all the people that register for your webinar? And this, this is important because you're going to want to know two things. One, are live webinars important for me? Because they may not be. You may find that you convert just as well on automated as you do on live. In that case, take yourself out of the equation. Automate it, right? But the revenue per attendee will tell you how well you did on the live webinar and how valuable that live webinar is. The revenue per registrant is going to tell you how well the entire webinar campaign performed. And that tells you how much money you can spend to get a registrant for the webinar. Yeah. And so my, my encouragement is that you always want to have a two to three X return on your investment. That's, that is a, that is a, a, a golden number. Now that's not to say if you're not getting two or three X, uh, your investment, then it didn't work, but, uh, that's ideal. Now, again, you know, there's some, there's some opportunities where maybe you have other products. You have other things that when somebody's in your fold and they bought your product, they may sign up for higher level stuff or buy other things. And so if I was to say, like, I recouped my investment, many people would say, oh, you broke even? Oh, that wasn't worth it. You put a lot of time into it and blah, 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 blah. But now all those people are customers. And all those people that are customers have the opportunity to buy more stuff. They can become evangelists. They can drive more customers. So it was still worth it. But you know, if you're looking for a benchmark number, I would say you always want to at least double your investment, which is not easy to do, but that's kind of the the goal. And that's for cold traffic, right? That's for, yeah. I mean, I would say that's for cold traffic, but it just in general. So if you, if you run a webinar, I, I would encourage you to combine your warm traffic with your cold traffic sources, like do both, you know, mm-hmm. email your list every once in a while, have opportunities for people to join your webinar from whatever traffic you're getting to your website now. And yeah, run some cold traffic. Absolutely. Uh, and then, you know, make sure that all of the, every every dollar that you spent on filling that webinar, make sure you're getting two to three X. Like that will, that will mean that that is a scalable thing that you can do time and time again. Solid advice. Tim, we're coming to the end now. Is there anything you want to add to people before we, uh, before we wrap up? Just, um, just care more about your your attendees than you do about their wallets. I'm a, I'm a money guy. Like I get it. I, I want to, you know, every client I'm like, look, I want to make you way more money than you spend. And I'm really expensive to hire. So I want people making a lot of money. But at the end of the day, the way that you're going to do that is by caring more about your attendees than by getting them to buy something. That's fantastic advice. Good life advice as well. Tim, where can people find out more about you and contact you if they need some help with their SaaS webinars? 
Yeah, well, I'm in, in the middle of a rebrand as we record this, but you can go to timpagewebinars.com and it's P-A-I-G-E. So timpagewebinars.com. There's some some flattering stuff on there about me right now. And eventually <laughs> I'm going to move that flattering stuff away and stop talking about myself. But uh, but yeah, you can go there and, um, you know, check it out. And love to get in touch. Sweet. And we'll add in all your social media links as well into the show notes. So go to explosioninja.com forward slash podcast to check those out. Tim, thank you so much for joining us, for sharing your sexy audio and for giving us loads of tips on how to make killer webinars. Oh, thank you for having me. I really appreciated being here. (laughs) Love it. Thanks so much, dude. And thank you everyone for tuning in. 